Hello, and welcome to the I Want to Know podcast. I'm Josh Spector, and I am your host. If you don't know who I am, I'm the creator of the For the Interested newsletter, which you can check out at fortheinterested.com. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, you should know that this podcast exists to help creative entrepreneurs get their questions answered. It's a simple format. Here's how it works. In each episode, a different guest will come on and ask me three questions. We'll have about a five to 10 minute conversation about each of them. And that's it. Very simple, hopefully very helpful to the guest and to you. And we'll try to give you some actionable tips that you can put to use. Today, my guest is joining us from New York. She is Marcy Brennan. If you're drowning in photos and know that you should do something about those precious family memories, but don't have the time, Marcy's company, Past Present Picks, is your savior. Marcy and her husband are two longtime photo industry professionals who've been making their own memories together for over 30 years, and they love helping others with their comprehensive photo management. And since they're a family, they understand how to help yours. Rest assured that your valuable memories are always at your fingertips and most importantly, safely backed up. So with that in mind, hey, Marcy, welcome to the show. Hi, Josh. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to talk to you. I know you've got some good questions that are certainly going to be relevant to solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, people that are offering a service and trying to figure out how best to to kind of monetize it and maybe troubleshoot some stuff that isn't quite working as well as as maybe you'd like. So let's start with your first question. What's the first thing you want to know? Well, the first thing I want to know is, What's the best way to attract qualified clients while, shall we say, repelling those who are not qualified? Right. right. So I love this question. And, and let's, I want to drill in a little bit on sort of some of the language, right? So how do you define in terms of your business, what is qualified, what is not qualified, sort of what's, what's behind this question? Well, in general terms, I like to attract better clients with bigger budgets because what I do is expensive. It's an investment. By repelling unqualified, I mean the tire kickers, those who expect to pay, you know, $40 for a photo book, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. On your website, you list some of the prices, correct? I, I feel did like not. I, I just had, yeah, I just had my website redone. So okay. it's launching in August. There will be no pricing on it. Okay. But previously there was, right? And do you feel like you were still getting tire kickers so that wasn't weeding them out? Correct. Nobody reads. Right. No. right. So were you getting, you were getting people that were reaching out to you. They didn't really know how much it cost. And then you were getting on a call with them and sort of realizing it was wasting everybody's time. Correct. Okay. So let me ask you a question. So it sounds like you used to list the price on your site. You've decided to take that off. I'm curious, what is the reasoning behind that? Not that it's right or wrong. I'm just curious why you decided to make that shift. Well, I, I like to have flexibility in my pricing. Um, I'm exploring value-based pricing along with mm -hmm. hourly pricing. Um, what I do is tricky to value-based. So I just wanted to leave that option there for gotcha. me and, and, and sort of take each client as they come, some people have very specific, small needs. They've got 10,000 photos they want to scan in. That's cut and dry. You know, others yep. need more um, intensive uh, management. So Yeah. So I completely agree with that. Again, by the way, there's, I, there's not a right or wrong way to do it, but I do. I'm personally not a huge fan of listing prices. 
on website for those very reasons. And I'm also a fan of value-based pricing and, you know, and sort of each project is a little different. Um, typically, how does it work now, right? So do you, someone's interested, they email you, they set up a call, you get on a call and sort of hear about their situation and then come back to them with some sort of proposal, I'm guessing? Right. Yep, exactly. I come up, okay. go back to with a, what I call a photo plan. And if they agree for me to do that, for us to take the next step, there is a fee for that. Mm-hmm. Well, they could take this photo plan and do it themselves, or they could hire another professional if they want. I would hope they wouldn't do that, but that's always an option. And then if they do decide to work with me, we have a roadmap of what's going to happen. Gotcha. So the first thing that I would recommend you do is I would make it, I would be much less quick to jump on the phone with people. So I would add a step and maybe it's a Google form. Maybe it's something that they fill out that gives you basic details, background information about their situation. Because I'm assuming right now you don't know any of that until you get on a call, except for maybe what they happen to mention on an email. Well, sometimes I do have a form on the site. Sometimes they Mm -hmm. fill it out. Sometimes they don't. And it's always, even if they do fill it out, it's like, I have a bunch of digital photos and I need them organized. So it doesn't really, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's okay. too vague. So, so I, mean, I would, work. I would think about what that form should be. I would almost think about it like an application. By the way, the other thing, this, this does a couple things. Number one, and it's counterintuitive, but I think it will actually help, help you. Number one, it suggests that you're in demand and they can't just hire you. They have to apply almost to get you right mm-hmm. so that sends psychologically an interesting message that oh she must be good she must be in demand she won't just get on the phone with anybody right mm-hmm. the second thing it does is it creates a little bit of friction for somebody that's not really serious about this they may not want to bother answering five ten questions whatever whatever your form is right so that's going to weed some of those people out that aren't really serious about it. You're also going to be able to tell from their answers something about who they are. I forget who had said this, but I remember, I wish I don't remember where I heard it, but I thought it was a really interesting point. And they said that if you were to put, a, if you have a form on your site or if you ask a question about like what people are trying to solve or what they're looking for help with, that the longer their answer, the more likely they are to hire you and the more likely they are to be a good client because it indicates how seriously they're thinking about or how badly they want it. And again, I don't remember who this person was, but I remember them saying like you could, she could literally go through, like she could literally look at everyone's answers and just by length without even reading them, know that's going to be a good potential lead or not, right? So I would think about your questions because you're right. Most people, they don't know all the expertise and you're, a lot of them are going to go, oh, I have a bunch of photos, they're a mess, blah, 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 right? Yep. But there are probably questions you could ask within that. It doesn't have to be a million questions, but there are probably questions that can, that can tell you something about them, right? Have you ever tried to organize your photos before? Uh-huh. Have you ever hired someone to help organize some other thing in your life? right? Have you hired a closet organizer? Have you Mm -hmm. hired a whatever, right? These will all give you sort of some sense 
of who they are, how serious they are, how likely they are to pay, et cetera. The other well, thing it's going to do is it's going to give you background information so that when you do get on the phone with them, you're now coming into it knowing what they're looking for. You know, you could even ask questions like you can use some of their words back to them. So even an open-ended question of like, you know, in one, I'm making this up, but like in, in one word, how do you feel about your photos currently? Yeah. Right. Really Frustrated, overwhelmed, a mess, whatever. So now, you know, for example, let's say one person says overwhelmed, another person says disorganized, right? Your conversation with them, you can speak to, your pitch can now be tailored to speak to, you don't have to feel overwhelmed. This is simple, right? And a disorganized person, you can speak to, we're going to get you organized, right? So it's giving you, so not only is it going to sort of weed out some of your tire kickers, it's going to help you assess prices and values and their background and how serious they are. And so that, that is, I think, the first thing that I would do. A little bit of friction before you, they get on the phone with you. And the nice thing about that is once you, once you set that form up, whether it lives on your website or whether they reach out and then you email it to them, but whatever it is, it's not a lot of ongoing work, right? Because the problem with tire kickers is only, it's only a problem if you're wasting time on the phone with them. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Does that, that all make sense? That's brilliant. Yes, I love that. And you, while you were you were speaking, you reminded me that you in your awesome newsletter, and I hope all the listeners subscribe to your newsletter because mm -hmm. it's a gem. Um, yeah, what it's true. One of the links you sent was somebody was talking about forms, and he said, mm -hmm. "Put the most important question up front, and then like then they put their name and their contact information at the bottom." And I had it totally backwards. And between that. And your approach, I think I've just figured out how to get yep. tire kickers. There you go. Great. Anyway. And I would say, just so you know, for myself, for my clients, I don't even really do preliminary calls until you basically agreed to hire me. So very rarely will I get on the phone with somebody to be like, oh, let's talk about what it is, right? I'll send them information. I'll email back and forth sometimes, right? If they have questions, I'll certainly answer them and explain it. But very rarely will I get on the phone and sort of say, it, it has to be a higher, like, I won't do that for a one-off call. Like, it would have to be a higher ticket ongoing thing where maybe we would have a conversation, you know, would have a conversation about it. But, but yeah, that I think will just adding that little step will, I think, make a huge difference for you. I'm excited. Um, cool. All right. So what is the next thing you want to know? Okay. The next thing I want to know is help around this situation. I offer a maintenance program to clients, but only one client does it. Um, mm -hmm. Meaning that like people will continue to take photos. So once we organize their 20, 30, 40, 50 years of photos, they've got a nice, beautiful, searchable library, but they're still taking photos. And even though I teach them when I present them their new collection, here's how to maintain it. Nobody does it. So I I cover it like I can maintain your photos like once a year. Let me pop in there. I we could do it totally remotely, and you know, let me just clean it up for you. But only one client. I've had one in the last you know few years mm -hmm. work with me, and not one has taken me up on that. So I must not be selling it right. Okay, so take me through 
a typical example, right? They've paid, and you can use, you can pick real numbers or generic numbers if you want. I'm just trying to get the sort of percentages. So they pay X for you to organize their existing photos. And then tell me like what your, what your offering is. They pay Y to get a once a year check-in or sort of tell me the relationship between the two. So let's say our standard digital photo organizing client will have, let's say, 80,000 photos in their collection when they come to Sir Free Down. We'll organize those, you know, we'll remove the dupes, we'll, we'll call if they need them to be called, we'll um, create, you know, keywords and tags and stuff so they can find everything. And then I'll say, this is how we, this is what you should do once a month. You should go through your photos and you should get rid of the screenshots and get rid of the dupes and get rid of the, well, you know, first photos and you know whether you're using apple or well i I typically work with mac clients but um Mm -hmm. you know virtual android the same thing it's pretty simple but nobody does it and then they 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 find that like in a year or two they're like their photos are a mess again so like up to where i organized them they were great and but now they have this mess and they've got a wedding coming up for a friend and they want to put together a book or something for them as a gift. Right. And they're like, I can't find anything anymore. Like what happened? So, but, so let me ask you in terms of what they pay again, and you don't have to give specific numbers. I'll pick just generic numbers. Right. So let's say that they, I don't, I'm making this up. Let's say they pay a thousand dollars for the initial organization. Okay. It would be a lot item. Right. I have no idea what the price is, but just for easy math, right. A thousand dollars. And then what would they pay? What's the ongoing product or the maintenance? Like, what percentage is it? Is it $100? Is it $500? Is it another $1,000? Like, what are they paying? It really depends on how many photos they've taken. So, um, like, if they have um, $80,000, let's say I charge them $5,000 to to clean up their mess. Mm -hmm. And the next year, they take another 5,000 photos. You know, it would be a lot less. Like, let's say it would be $800. Okay. You know, for me to clean it up. So it's not okay. that big of an investment. And when are you offering it to them? As soon as I deliver the, the finished product, you know, I show them how to go through it. Mm-hmm. And then I say, if you don't want to do it, I'm happy to do it. Check in with you once, a, once you know, every two months. And they say, nah, they say, nah, I'm good. They say, yeah, pretty much. I'm like, okay, well, okay. good you are. <laughs> and then do you follow up with them later or only if they reach out to you? No, I do follow up. I have a newsletter that goes out twice a month, just mm-hmm. so I stay top of. But month. do you specifically? So, for example, do you specifically reach out to a client a year after they hired you, and say, "Hey, have things become a mess? Want some help?" I don't. What I do is, um, I I store their fo- their photos for six months, and then I mm-hmm. email them and say, "I'm about to delete mm-hmm. backed up photos. Mm-hmm. Do you need help." At this point. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe I should be targeting them so, yearly. Yeah. So a couple a couple of thoughts here. And and is the offer a one time fee? Is it a subscription? It could be. It could totally it's pay, be. It's pay as you go though, basically. Right. Yeah. You're not locking yeah. them into okay. So here's nope. the first issue that I see is they're hiring you to fix a problem they have initially. You come in, you fix their problem. Yep. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. My problem's gone. <laughs> and now you're saying, now you're trying to sell them for a problem that they don't have. And in their mind, they think now I'm not going to go back to that. Right. I'm going to be fine. Right. It, it's almost like, you know, the, this is a weird analogy, but like the person that loses weight or that gets in shape, 
assumes they've turned the corner. They don't assume they're going to go back and put on more weight. Correct. Right. They just paid you thousands of dollars or whatever. My photos are organized. Great. Like they're not in the mindset of I'm going to have another problem. And they actively don't want to believe that because it's going to make them feel like I just paid for this and this, I'm just going to wind up back where I was. Right. So that's a hard sell timing wise. And it's almost undercutting the victory moment that you've just given them. Wow. So my advice would be is I would not be trying to sell that at the end of sort of the initial service. I would sell it before they hire you as an upgraded package when they, when everything's a mess. Oh my God. <laughs> which also might help them buy initially because I am sure there are people that are like, I'm going to pay her. She's going to organize everything. and I'm just going to go back to my usual ways. And this is going to be a mess. So why am I going to pay if I'm not going to maintain it? But for you to come in and say, here's how much it costs. And you're going to forever be organized because you can pay up front for as many yearly maintenance things as you want. And in that state, the person might go, I'll take five years of maintenance. And you could even give them a discount on the maintenance up front. So now they're buying, I'm going to be organized and would be organized for the next five years for a little bit more money. That's like what they do with computers. And whenever you buy a fancy electronics, like buy our warranty package. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So that, so the first thing I would do is I would offer it up front. Because number one, I think it's going to help you sell more up front anyway, because I'm sure there are people that are like, I'm not going to keep up, keep up with this. Yep. Like, it'd be great to have, but it's just going to go right back to being a mess. Yep. So I think it removes that reason for people to say no. I also think they're already, if they're in the moment that they're going to buy this, like you said, just like a warranty, why wouldn't I be like, yeah, I might as well have at least another year's maintenance. Well, here's another, here's another, what's the difference between me paying 5,000 and 5,800? Right. Do right. it anyway. I might as well do it. Right. So that's where I would emphasize trying to sell it. You could even potentially make your base package include the maintenance. Mm -hmm. yes, and yep. price, ac price accordingly, right? Like the way I used to treat subscriptions was the annual, like let's say I was doing a newsletter subscription that was $10 a month, right? I would purposefully price an annual at $10 a month and then a monthly at $20 a month. I didn't really want people to take the monthly. I wanted them to take the end. Yep. You want people to take it with the maintenance, right? So you could go, this is my package. It includes, I'm making this up. It includes two years of maintenance. If you don't want that, you can buy just the one-off, but you can price it a little more. Yep. Right? Yep. So that they look at it and go, why wouldn't I just get the two years of maintenance? You know, it's what I, you know, I'm making this up, but whatever yep. it is, it's $6,000 with two years of maintenance. And it's $5,000 just for the package. Someone's going to look at that and go, why wouldn't I just get the two years of maintenance? Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, that was, I would do that. I would not bother trying to sell it when they're done, like where you've been selling it. But I would add for people that don't buy the maintenance up front, mm -hmm. I would add a one year, an annual check-in directly to that client. Hey, how's it going? Could, could you use a little help? 
you invested all that money to organize it. And now you feel like it's a mess. Why don't we get you back up to speed? Because then they're back in that problem state. Right? Yep. And by the way, they may not, they may not want it. Right. It may be, it's just not a product that interests them, but I have a hunch they will. I have a hunch you've been selling it in the wrong spot and thinking of it as this sort of upgrade. And maybe it should be part of the core product. Absolutely. Cool. Perfect. Here we go. All right. We're, we're two for two. So what is, what is the third thing you want to know? All right. The third thing I want to know is, is this, and I will tell you that I don't really like social media, but I know it's really important to have a presence since I'm a business. Um, so to that end, I've decided that I'm going to do this newsletter and, um, I've been doing it for several years and I do it two times a month. Then I, I use a product called missing letter, which will post snippets of my, um, newsletter onto social media. But my real big concern is that my newsletter has 120 subscribers mm-hmm. and I've been doing it for a while and I would like to attract more interested and potential leads, prospects, people. Okay. And so I, my first question, I just want to grow the audience and some right. of them will buy. Yeah. So my first question is where... The people that are on it now, where did they sign up? Because I went to your website and I don't even think I saw a sign-up form. There's a pop-up that I know people don't love pop-ups, but there is a pop-up now that that should appear when you first go to my homepage. And that's where most of the uh, subscriptions come from. And okay. some do come from forwarded newsletters. Okay. So the first thing you should do is you should have a specific sign-up page on your website that you can drive people to. Because right now, I maybe I saw the pop-up the first time I went to your site, but maybe mm-hmm. that's the only show once. Some people block pop-ups. Like you yeah. wanna make it uh, you wanna make it a priority. So you should absolutely have uh, a page. I would even put it in your, link to it in your navigation menu on your website. And I would even probably mention it or promote it somewhere on the homepage of your site. Oh, I see. I see at the bottom, you have to get three quick photo or tips you can use now when you sign up for a monthly email newsletter. By the way, for anyone that's listening, and we'll put a link in the show notes, the website is pastpresentpix.com. Okay. And then when I click that subscribe button, I'm just looking at now, it says photo organizing newsletter. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news and tips to help you manage your growing photo and video collection receive a PDF of the technique we use for organizing our visual memories. So let me ask you a question. And this is very, there's no one right way to do this, right? I've written a post about this that we'll link to also that is how to use a newsletter to get clients. And one of the mistakes that I think people make when they're in a service business is they're sharing their expertise in that service, but the, but there's an alignment issue because the people that are hiring you are hiring you in part because they don't want to bot. They want you to do it for them. Right. They don't really, my guess is that you're sharing tips to help people learn how to organize their photos, but your clients don't want to learn how to do it. They want to pay someone to do it for them. Yes. 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 Right. This is very obvious. So the, this is not like, Everybody does this, and I'm not saying that you can't do it. The obvious thing to do is, oh, I'll share my expertise on it. But you attract what you're attracting in theory 
is you're attracting people who want to learn how to do it for themselves. Now, some of those people might hire you to do it, right? I'm going to give you sort of an alternate example. Not saying you do this, but just sort of as a brainstorm exercise, right? If your newsletter was not specifically about, not just about photo organization, but was about easy ways to get organized, easy ways to organize your life, it would attract people that are looking for easy ways to organize their lives. That aligns with the service you offer, right? So I'll give you another example, right? Imagine if all you did, and it could be curated. And by the way, this can also, curated newsletter can also be simpler to write than having to create your own stuff all the time, right? Imagine if your newsletter was weekly and all you did was promote one service out there like yours that people can hire to organize something in their life. So one week it was like, want to organize your your closet? Here's the expert on closet organization. Want to organize your computer files? Here's the expert on computer files. You're just recommending each week one person that people can hire or tap into or follow or know that can help them organize. the, The audience for that is people that want to hire people to organize stuff for them. Right? Right. The other thing that would do is every one of those people that you're featuring, you could say, hey, I'm going to feature you in my newsletter. Would you do the same to your email list? Would you tell your email list about me? Every issue is literally a built-in cross-promotion. So that closet organizer who you've just told your 120 subscribers or whatever you have about, right, can now tell their 150 subscribers about you. Gotcha. I'm not saying this is the way you need to do it, but conceptually, it's an example of thinking about ways to use your newsletter or email list in a different way other than just, here's how to organize the photos on your computer. Because ultimately, you want them to hire you to organize them. I don't, you know, it's funny. All this time I'm thinking, if I tell them how to do it, like, they're going to say, she's the expert. And okay, I'll just hire her to do it because they'll read through it and go like, oh, hell no. That's too much. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. So that was, that's what I'm thinking. But by the way, that's not, that's not entirely wrong. Like you definitely yeah. could do that. And you also, by the way, could merge the two ideas. Your newsletter could be two quick things, right? It could be your photo organizing tip of the week and your recommendation of another person that they can hire to help organize something. Perfect. You know, and again, the the thing I like about it too is promotionally, right? And it's not that hard. You could find a bunch of people that do all sorts of, you know, let me go find someone that helps people organize their recipes or let me go find someone that helps people, you know, organize kids' toys or whatever. I'm sure there's a million people out there, you know, doing organizational stuff. And they'll be more than happy to return the favor because you're not competition. Yeah. And so you're going to, so that's going to help. That's going to help you. That's going to help you grow. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting niche. So a couple other things. So number one, definitely set up a page on your site prominently for the newsletter. Okay. Number two, think about format wise, if you want to tweak what you're doing, ideally two issues a month would be better than monthly. 
And again, I think if format wise, it's simpler for you to do, it's easier for you to send more frequently. Most people overwrite their newsletters and they make, you know, they do it monthly because it's a whole epic thing. And it's like, just shrink it down and, you know, cut it in half and do it twice a month as opposed to once a month. Yep. Then the other thing, a few other just sort of quick ideas. One, you could absolutely create like a free, like three-day email course that's like automated. That's a great way to sort of attract, you know, if you could, like, imagine if you could give people three quick things anyone could do to start on this path of getting organized, right? For free. Mm -hmm. They sign up, they get three emails over three days. Each one is like, go to your very tactical act, you know, go to your thing, sort for this, delete all these, whatever, right? So that would give you sort of a lead magnet that would give people a reason to subscribe. Cross promotions, we talked about other newsletters, other other stuff. And then the other one I would say is if you haven't, like, I'm sure you could get booked on podcasts. There's probably a million podcasts about getting organized and and, and not only not only getting organized, but like dive down into the niches, right? Go, go pitch yourself as a guest to, for example, right? Podcasts that are aimed at moms, aimed at, there's a million of them, right? Reach out to them and go, hey, I'd love to come on and share some tips for moms about how to organize their photos. I think they would book you in a second. Yeah, Understand that your skill and your niche can go way beyond just, you don't have to just go on photo podcasts. You don't have to just go on organizational photo podcasts. Yeah, you could almost go on anything, right? I'm sure there's podcasts for wedding photographers. Yep. Right? Yep, yep. Go on there and be like, hey, let's talk about how to organize your your photos. So I think you have a really powerful niche that I think would be appealing to a lot of podcasts. And it's a great way to get more exposure. Wonderful. These are excellent cool. tips. Great. All right. So that about does it. Tell people, I know I mentioned your website, but Let's mention it again. Anybody that's listening to this and wants your help, where where should they go? What should they do? They can co- go to Past Present Picks. That's Past Present Picks, P-I-X dot com. And it will be new and improved as of August 1st. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's the spot you can find me. Yeah, and they'll soon be able to fill out their form to prove they actually want, they're actually interested in you and not just tire kickers. If you're exactly. a tire kicker, don't, don't go there. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, just some of my quick plugs for stuff. Again, my newsletter for theinterested.com slash subscribe. I offer a series of video workshops called Skill Sessions. You can get those at joshspector.com slash sessions. If you would like to hire me for a coaching call or consulting, go to joshspector.com slash consulting to learn about that. I'm super active on Twitter at Jay Spector. And if you would like to be a guest on this podcast at some point and ask me three questions of your own, go to joshspector.com slash questions where you can fill out a form to, su- to submit your questions. And may- hopefully maybe I'll be talking to you one of these days. And that is about it. Marcy, thank you so much for, for coming on. I hope you found it helpful. And thanks everyone for your interest and listening. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Thanks.